If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. There is good news in that the rate of the increase is slowing. All right, so that's good news amongst all the bad news. At the quote-unquote apex, we need 140,000 beds. We have 53,000 beds. That's why we're scrambling, and that's why we're asking you to do as much work as you're doing. And that's the bad news signs of it. That That is uh, New York's Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo addressing the situation today. So the rate of hospitalization is slowing, which is encouraging, but obviously it is still going up, and that is very worrying. Uh, he talked about what they're expecting a peak to look like, and those are some big numbers. So obviously at the moment, uh, New York is kind of the epicenter for this outbreak in the United States. The United States has now surpassed China and Italy in terms of total number of confirmed cases, and probably still... Who knows? Days, weeks away from from a peak. Uh, So it's certainly concerning, uh, alarming to watch what's unfolding in New York, uh, a city that's obviously been through so much. Joining us uh, to talk more about the situation uh, in New York City. Very pleased to welcome to the program someone who was a fixture uh, on the media scene in New York. Pat Kiernan, of course, morning news anchor on NY1, has been in New York uh, through so much. And originally, in fact, from right here in Calgary. Pat, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Welcome to the program. Yeah, good to be with you, Rob. Uh, I mean, you worked through September 11th, uh, uh, hurricanes. Obviously, you know, you've seen this city go through some tough times, but it's it's hard to imagine an, anything like this. I thought that September 11th and Hurricane Sandy would, would be the all-time largest news stories in my career of covering yeah. local news in New York City. I was sure that those two would remain at the top of the list forever, but... I think when all is said and done, and maybe even at this point already, this is going to prove to be a bigger story, both in terms of the healthcare impact and the economic impact. It's such a contrast, and, and both are so eerie in their own way, just seeing the images of empty Times Square and, and empty New York streets. And on the other hand, though, the images, the stories we're hearing coming out of hospitals and emergency rooms as, as things start to get worse, uh, worse it is, it, that, that side of it is, is quite alarming, obviously. But people here are listening. People are listening to the experts. They're staying off the streets. Not, not entirely. There's still... Uh, essential workers going to work, so the drug stores and the grocery stores and restaurants for takeout. But by and large, New Yorkers are listening, they're understanding the science, and they're staying home. I worry about other parts of the country. When when they hear Donald Trump get up and say, we're going to be back in business by Easter, and, and when there are these uh, theories out there that this is some sort of hoax or some sort of media conspiracy this virus spreads so quickly and that's what we've seen here is that it it, it spreads over a period of a couple of weeks and then once you start testing you realize how much of it is out there that's what's happened in new york and i 
I fear for the areas of the country and the areas of the world that aren't taking this seriously because they're next. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, it's hard to tell at this point whether New York has it has it worse or whether New York just got it first, right? New York could be a, a bit of a bellwether as to, to what's to come. Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it clearly arrived here first in terms of of uh, a big concentration in the U.S. The other thing that, that I do have to caution on is that when you see these rising statistics, those numbers are partly because of the number of cases and how quickly it's spread, but it's also a product of how aggressive New York has been in testing. We were doing any testing two weeks ago, and, and now they're doing uh, you know, 1,000, 2,000 tests a day. So when you're testing symptomatic people, you're going to end up with people who have COVID-19, and, and that allows you to get a better handle on the disease, but it also creates some pretty frightening daily statistics. Well, it does. And, you know, you talk about the need for ventilators and, you know, there's been some back and forth between the governor and the president about um, how many New York needs, how many are going to get to New York. Clearly, the state is scrambling to find as many as, as it can. But just to understand why there's a need for those ventilators, what it means to, to intubate somebody, what it means to put them on a ventilator, how sick they have to be to get to that point, the length of the hospital stay then that, that ensues after you've been hooked up to a ventilator. You know, it's not just about some people die. Obviously, that's a huge part of this story. But you know, in between those who are relatively okay and those who succumb to this disease, th th this can hit people really hard. Yeah, and they turn with not necessarily a lot of notice. It goes from uh, a cough one day to something that maybe results in some chest pain, and then there's some hospitalization, and it's not long after that that they're on a ventilator. And that's what they're worried about, that, that as these cases multiply, that it'll be a thousand more people on a ventilator, two thousand more people on a ventilator, and yes, you can ramp up manufacturing capacity to get something in in two weeks. Uh, I, I read a headline yesterday that the Dyson vacuum cleaner company has figured out how to use its factory to manufacture ventilators. So you can you can turn ventilators around in in a short period of time. You can't do it in two days. Right. And, and I mentioned uh, New York's governor. We played for uh, for our audience a couple of clips of him off the top. I mean, it, it's interesting how he's kind of become the, the voice in the face of all of this, um, much more so, it would appear, than, than the mayor of New York City. And, you know, even when he talks about grim numbers and, and the challenge that lies ahead, he, he has come across, I think, as, as a very kind of calm and, and reassuring figure. And obviously, look, he's, he's not new to politics by any stretch, but it's, it's showing him, I think, in, in a much different way. What do you make of how the governor's handled this? Almost universal praise for Andrew Cuomo. He is uh, he's somebody who likes to be a man of action, and then sometimes he gets ridiculed for that when he, he jumps up onto a, a snowbank or, or mm -hmm. gets behind the uh, construction equipment. But in this case, he has demonstrated a, a real capacity to learn what the problems are, to tackle the logistics of solving those problems. And every day he gets up there, for an hour and briefs New York State, but really the nation and the world on what's happening here. Uh, he he has done everything that we want a leader to do in these situations. Uh, I, I believe that Mayor Bill de Blasio has largely uh, performed well here and has stepped in and, and for a guy who's not particularly interested in the day-to-day -day management of the government he's in charge with he has really stepped up but he made some real missteps at the beginning including mm -hmm. going to the gym 
on the morning that everybody else was saying no one should be at the gym. Right. Uh, in terms of keeping New Yorkers informed, uh, which is the job you do every day, and I mean, that's what we're trying to do here each day. I mean, I'm, I'm set up, I'm working from home. I mean, it's obviously a different challenge uh, on the TV side of things. So how have things changed day to day for you and, and those you work with and trying to keep New Yorkers informed? We on a typical weekday would have 200 people in the office uh, between all of the aspects of the television station and the English and Spanish language uh, versions of New York One. Uh, when I was there this morning, we had seven, and I think a total of 12 were going to be actually in the studio over the course of the entire day. Everybody else is using remote technology. It, it is a dramatic change. It's a remarkable change that our engineers were able to pull that off. But it's weird. It's, it's weird going into the office and there being nobody there on a Friday at noon. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all really surreal. Absolutely. Now, what about uh, your, your family back here in Calgary? You staying in touch with with everybody folks doing well here? Yeah, my dad uh, was in California, like so many Albertans for the winter. Yeah. Uh, he, he was called back. He, he made it back, uh, I guess, a week ago today. So so he's uh, he's halfway through his quarantine period. My sister's been uh, dropping off care packages on the, the front doorstep and they they visited at a distance of 10 feet on the, the driveway on the weekend, <laughs> but, but uh, they're doing well. Yeah. You know, I'm my, I'm my, my grandmother's in a, a nursing home in Calgary and uh, they're locked down. Uh, she waits for a, a meal in her room and doesn't get to see anybody. So we're all, uh, we're all doing our part by avoiding contact with, with everybody else, but we're all still looking forward to the day that we get the all clear. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Pat, stay well, and um, you know we'll uh, obviously be watching the situation in New York very quick, uh, very closely, obviously, and hope that it gets through it as quickly as possible, like like everywhere else. But um, as I say, be well, Pat, and thanks again for making some time for us here today. Appreciate this. Okay, okay, Rob, my pleasure. All right, take care. Uh, that is uh, Pat Kiernan. Uh, as mentioned, a morning anchor on NY One in New York City. Uh, been in New York, I think now. Just over, uh, just over two decades now, as a matter of fact. Uh, so he's certainly uh, very much a prominent fixture in the New York media scene, but as uh, mentioned originally from Calgary, got uh, family back here uh, as well. Uh, and again, probably a familiar face. Uh, you've seen him in numerous uh, movies and TV shows. He's usually the go-to guy uh, when they decide, hey, let's get someone uh, in this movie who can be uh, a New York TV anchor. Uh, so a familiar face uh, and a common reassuring voice. I think is why he's endeared himself to so many New Yorkers. And I uh, always appreciate the opportunity to check in with him, obviously uh, under um, very difficult circumstances, clearly. And, and New York is going through something that, you know, for a city that's been through 9-11, hurricanes and so much more, still something that it's, it's never really had to face. And it's going to be a rough few days, few weeks uh, for New York City as, as they get to and past the peak of all of this. But uh, the story is the same in many other communities, too. And, and this is uh, very much a, a global story. So we're going to have much more on uh, what's going on here at home. Of course, we'll get the daily update from Dr. Dina Hinshaw, 3.30 this afternoon, in terms of the situation here in Alberta. We'll obviously talk about the big, big announcement today from the federal government that 10% wage subsidy is going to go to 75%. So a, a big response from the federal government to try to preserve as much as we can businesses and jobs through this very difficult period. So I'll recap the announcement today uh, from the federal government.
Uh, coming up later on today, we'll talk a bit more about Canada's preparedness for a country that went through SARS uh, and supposedly learned the lessons uh, of that outbreak. Were we as prepared as maybe we should have been or as we kind of thought that we were? We'll talk about that later on this afternoon. Also, the Conservative Party of Canada making the sensible decision here to postpone the leadership race. They may have to postpone it even longer than they've talked about. But, I mean, there, there was clearly a lot of pressure on the party to make a decision here. Uh, Peter McKay, I don't think, has done himself any favors in, in recent days and how he's approached it. This doesn't seem like the time to be doing a, a leadership race. Uh, until we can at least get through the worst of all of this. So we'll talk a bit about that as well coming up this afternoon. Uh, we'll talk about doctors and family doctors in particular and, and how they're continuing to do business through all of this and some of the concerns that some doctors have raised uh, about the situation uh, with Alberta Health, uh, some concerns raised specifically about this Babylon app that the government wants doctors to be using. Uh, we'll hear from one doctor who's written a couple of open letters uh, to the Alberta government outlining some of these concerns. And it, it is a question, I think, on a lot of people's mind right now. What if I have an issue that I, I still need to see my family doctor for? Uh, because just because we're now dealing with this this outbreak and all of these cases of, of COVID-19 doesn't mean that all of the other health issues that people were dealing with a few weeks ago or a few months ago have gone away. So it puts people in a difficult spot. Do, do you go to your doctor? Do you, is there a different way to at least talk to your doctor about an issue? So we'll try to clarify some of that uh, coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. Again, our number here, 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. Rob Breckenridge with you on a Friday afternoon here. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.